Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today we have Kelly Paxton on the show. She is the pink collar crime expert. If you don't know what pink collar crime is, then obviously continue to listen to the show, but also check out Kelly's website, pinkcollarcrime.com. She has a good PDF download uh, called the A to Z of embezzlement and talks about who embezzles and how embezzlement happens and then most importantly, how to prevent it. So it's a good resource for the audit community. Also check her out on LinkedIn. She's very active on LinkedIn, posts a lot of fraud topics and is, is engaging with the folks on LinkedIn. So if you comment or have a question for her, I'm sure she'll respond to you. And lastly, follow what else but hashtag pink color crime on LinkedIn. All right, here we go. So hi, I'm Kelly Paxton. I am known as the uh, pink collar crime lady. And uh, it's a long story, I'll make it short. Uh, finance, then law enforcement, and then local law enforcement. And I realized that most all of my suspects with the, with the exception of one were women. And these were good, decent people. So I Googled around and there's a term, pink collar crime. And uh, I got the domain name and I speak and teach on pink collar crime, which is basically garden variety embezzlement. And it's the one crime women really excel at, but it's position, not gender. Yeah. So I see you say that the, um, like on LinkedIn and things like that, where you say it's position, not gender, uh, relative pink collar crime. Just kind of like expand on that a little bit. Sure. So 90% of bookkeepers in the United States are women. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, the uh, Wall Street Journal came out with the term pink collar um, and popularized it. And so women are in those type of positions and they're lower level positions, but those are the positions where the money runs through a business. So, um, you know, you, you could get a CFO, but the CFO doesn't, probably doesn't even do a journal entry, whereas that nice bookkeeper or office manager does, does all the payments. So it's the lower level ones who really are in the kind of thick of it where money is coming and going. Gotcha. And I saw on your website, you have this great like checklist. Um, the link is like for victims of embezzlement. Yeah. And then within that, it's like a pretty good checklist. I think that even the audit folks, the audit community, could use if there is that scenario going on where you you kind of maybe could incorporate it into um, the fraud program, but to say, you know, did we 
remove passwords? Did we shut off physical access? All those kinds of things. So um, I guess maybe from that list, what is kind of the big thing that uh, maybe audit should consider since we're, this is the, an audit crowd that we have here? Um, you know, uh, have you read the book, The Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande? I have not. Oh, you've got to get it. Okay. So great, great book. And every probably auditor should get it. Um, he's actually, a, I believe, a neurosurgeon. And he's written this book about checklists. And it was kind of life changing for me. Um, you know, pilots do it all the time. Like, thank God that Sully did it. And um, having a checklist, and I was actually listening to um, a podcast this morning about having a checklist. And it's just like, you know, you're in the thick of it, and you really kind of need to track what you're doing. Um, and, you know, make sure that you haven't forgotten anything, like especially access to a computer system, to a bank account, things like that. So having a checklist, also, um, I have this crazy thing, I call it the getting hit by the bus. Wherever I've worked, I've had this kind of notebook that these are all my responsibilities. And if for some reason I didn't show up tomorrow, they literally could replace me because I have, you know, delineated everything I did. And it's just, um, and that's why I love audit because audit always wants to make things better. Like investigators, we kind of want to just get rid of the bad person and, you know, be done with it. But audit wants to improve. And that's why I say I should have been an auditor because right. I love helping people. And that's where the speaking comes in. I feel that I'm doing so much more by helping people, by getting the word out versus just one-offs of, you know, you embezzled, go, you know, you're going to jail. Bye-bye. Right. I know you've said that before that you, know, you were born to be an auditor or there's something to that effect. Should have been an auditor. <laughs> Should have been an auditor. And um, so I think the same way like that you should have been an auditor or that you you know would want to be an auditor. I think all auditors secretly want to be like investigators and, and fraud finders because whenever those come across the desk, you're like, oh, this is cool. Like we're going to find fraud. Um, so for the audit people, what is a, a good step to take in the, in the fraud process? Maybe the first step or how to identify it or a tip or a trick or something to that effect. Um, so for auditors, I mean, I also think auditors are incredibly curious. And, um, so just like, I mean, in auditors for the longest time, I thought I had to be an accountant to be an auditor. Like, and then I went to an IIA chapter event and I sat next to this woman who was a performance auditor and she just like blew my world, like brilliant woman. And she's like, I don't know anything about numbers. She goes, I'm there to like fix processes. And I was just, and we've stayed connected this whole entire time. So as far as like when an auditor finds fraud, um, you know, the one thing I would tell you is like document, document, document. And also auditors, I think, um, I'm gonna say are kinder people, and maybe I'm gonna get in trouble for this, than investigators, and they're like, they don't think like criminals as much. And you kind of have to think like a criminal. So, um, whereas auditors can kind of see a hole in a process, like to fix, no, investigators see the hole that that was the crime. Yeah. So, um, a, a, a little bit of that, you're gonna have to go, they're gonna have to go to their dark side, I'm gonna say a little more than normal. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I've heard that before, like think like the fraudster kind of thing. What would you yeah. do? You know, how would you do it? And I was just like, I don't know. How I, you know, I have no, you know, plans to steal 
tens of thousands of dollars, you know, on a, a routine basis. So it's hard to jump in that mindset. Well, so um, I, uh, I have Google alerts about embezzlement and I read stories every night, literally before I go to bed. And that's how, like, I mean, sometimes they're pretty crafty. You're like, wow. Other times, you know, money is here, goes here, not hard. Um, but sometimes they're pretty crafty. I would say, and I'm one of those lifelong learners, I'm reading all the time. Um, the other part tied to audit is, and I think we talked about this a little bit, the whole behavioral economics or behavioral science side of it. I truly believe that people want to do good. I, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning if I didn't think that people wanted to do good, but stuff happens. And um, I've been on a podcast called the Human Risk Podcast, and it's, it's in there, you know, the past episodes. And it's kind of like, it's the environment. You have to think of the environment. Like, if it's a good environment, it's harder for people to, the fraud triangle, opportunity, pressure, and rationalization. If you're in a really good environment, you're going to have a hard time rationalizing your behavior. But if you're in a cutthroat, bad environment where it's hit numbers, sell, 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 your rationalization is going to be different. So um, I, I really believe that if you put a good person in a bad environment and you're cruel, mean, whatever to them, eventually they can crack. I mean, I, I, I think they can crack. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, people want to look in the mirror and see a good person. And I truly believe that this is, we are excluding psychopaths and narcissists. Yeah. Just why the outliers. Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, with fraud kind of being the topic and the, the triangle in mind, what are the pieces like during the pandemic that we're going through that are kind of pushing people towards it or, it, it, it just seems like fraud is going to be a hot er topic because it seems like we're going to find more during all this. And it seems like um, maybe the rationalization is the biggest piece right now. Well, oh, I just did a post on LinkedIn and I did my first LinkedIn poll and it's awesome. Exactly. Um, but uh, I put into Reddit. Reddit is just a, a minefield of goodness and badness. Yeah. And um, I put in PPP fraud. And sure enough, there was an example, some guy posted that his wife had been furloughed for six weeks and her boss called her back to work and he had gotten a PPP loan. And um, he's like, so I'm going to pay you in excess of your normal salary and you're going to turn around and give it back to me. Now that is, and there were over 300 comments, like good, bad, and different. Like, you know, your boss is terrible or like, you know, it's the government who cares, you know, we're just working the system. I really think fraud is going to increase dramatically post COVID or during COVID because the pressures people are feeling, I mean, I'm seeing it on Reddit, I'm seeing it on Facebook, the financial pressures are real. Yeah. I mean, and the, I don't know the exact statistic, but people who earn over a hundred grand a year, they really haven't been that affected by layoffs, but the people who earn under 40, it's huge. And also 60, I believe it's 60% of the layoffs have affected women. And women are primary breadwinners in more than 40% of the houses. So you have the financial pressures. 
And then you have the rationalization of the government's not helping me, the government's helping Ruth Chris, giving them a big, huge loan, and they won't give me a loan. Um, and then you have opportunity. And this is where I think audit could really come in and help. So you have a business, and all of a sudden, everyone had to work from home. And the business owner gives out credit cards so you can set up your home office. Mm -hmm. And you know, a year later, hopefully we're all done and good with all of this stuff. And um, you have forgotten as the business owner that you gave out credit cards or that you opened a bank account for a special, you know, project and you've forgotten it because life has been so chaotic. Even though we're Groundhog Day, you're still having to do so much stuff and your mind is just, you know, you're worried about your family, your health. And so audit really can come in and document what happened, I think, during COVID. So down the road, you don't have a good person making a bad choice. Hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Yeah, I think that's so that's great because that's what I was looking for is really what can audit do? Because, um, you know, we're not necessarily supposed to go you know find the fraud you know if you come across it let's look at it but that's not really um what we're charged with doing necessarily so it was kind of a um, what can we do what can we do you know what i mean uh kind of thing so yeah I, the documenting of the processes of, of what is you know not normal and going back and seeing i i think is going to be huge gotcha yeah i think that's good uh good tip good advice so I know, I guess I've heard you say the, the term fraudent before, the F word maybe even. <laughs> Did you elaborate on, on what a fraudent is or does or what that means? Sure. So um, I worked for Nike uh, several years ago, and a lot of times I would partner with audit, corporate audit. And initially we would get a call or a tip or something would come in and we would think that there might be a criminal angle. So I was the investigator. and um, they would bring me in and then we would partner with audit because audit had the data a lot of times. I'm not a data wizard. And so we get in there and it wasn't criminal. It might be a bad business practice. So then we called those fraud. So it starts as a fraud, but then it just becomes an audit of being like a bad business practice. And that's why, that's where I really, you know, initially I met that woman and I was just amazed. And then when I was at Nike working with audit, I was like, you know, we make a really good team because I kind of, she kind of is like, you're kind of like the dark side or the good cop, bad cop. I was always the bad cop. She got to be the good cop, but um, fraud it. And we've used that term. And I think it's really, because people kind of initially go to, oh, it must be bad. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a bad business practice. Like not, you know, not criminal or evil. It's just, they don't know any better or it's always been done that way. Is there an example that you could give? Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't, you know, I've done lots of other things, but um, I'm trying to think of, uh, 
one thing that was like a, an expense report came in that just looked nuts and, and just like, this is crazy. And so, you know, then you go and you have audit and you get all the data and it turns out that it wasn't crazy and it wasn't outside of the rules. The person was on a specific, get this, diet. <laughs> and so they didn't eat meals like regular restaurant meals. They went and they purchased food. And so, and someone turned them in and said, they're purchasing, you know, smoked salmon and wonderful chocolate. And it's like, when I went and I interviewed the person and I understood, it's like he was on paleo or, you know, something like that. And he was within the guidelines, but like, that was one of those things where it looked like, you know, he would, there was, he was stocking up the home fridge. It looked like that, but he wasn't, he just was on a specific diet. And he's like, you know, they'd go out to eat. The team would go out to eat at night and I wouldn't, I'd go back to my room and have smoked salmon and cream cheese. And like, and it ended up being a lot less than that. So yeah, you have to, Sometimes, I mean, that case was kind of crazy because the guy could have lost a very good job mm -hmm. and yeah. all from a tip too. That's the other thing is like, you know, pay attention to tips. I know a lot of people are like, oh, tips are crazy. It's always the crazy person. It's like people don't want to, you know, turn people in generally speaking. And tips are still, I'm not a fraud expert, but tips are still, is that still the number one way yeah, that it's identified? Absolutely. Okay. And in post COVID, I mean, I'm not going to say people are going to be tattletales because I don't like the word tattletale. I mean, whistleblowers in my world are heroes. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're always punished. They're retaliated. Um, so it really takes guts to be a whistleblower, but in post COVID, like the Reddit post I found today, people are like, turn them in, turn them in, turn them in. And, um, that's what you know it's it's the fairness and i mean i kind of joke that this year the fair isn't coming like you know they say the fair only comes once a year and i'm like yeah we missed the fair it's not coming this year and it's uh not even june yet <laughs> yeah no it should be in summertime and there will be no fair this year <laughs> if there's one thing that you could tell the listeners the audit listeners what would it be so this is kind of what i call the soapbox moment if you could just like grab them by the you know grab them by the arms and shake them and say, listen to me when I say this thing, what do you think it would be? Okay, well, um, for the audit, I'm gonna say just be curious, go down that rabbit hole. And you know what? You're not always proving a wrong. Sometimes you're proving a right. Like, you know, you, you can go into an audit or you know, an investigation and um, I'm gonna say keep your eyes wide open because like that case I just explained to you, it looked like a slam dunk, but you know what? It's, it's a person or it's a business or it's a group within a business. And you have to like, you know, have dignity with them and empathy with them. So sometimes something that seems like, oh, it, that's for sure it, it might not be it. It truly might not be it. So I would say always keep your curious hat on. Um, and like, uh, like you had that post on LinkedIn just a little bit ago that, you know, root cause, why, why, why? So like in the example with the expense report, why would you be buying smoked salmon? Like, and then, you know, so why don't you go out with your team? Like if you did, 
we would have gotten to the, okay, clearly this person has an eating, they're doing something with their diet. The why, why, why? Just keep asking that why until, you know, you get there. And then like my little personal soapbox is um, for uh, investigations. And if there is fraud, and this just came across last night on my Google alerts, there's a guy who, um, it was a PTA association. And it turns out he had a gambling problem. And he stole $16,000. And the story was really, really sad. His wife was wrecked. You know, he stole it from his kid's PTA. Mm-hmm. And um, he went to a casino where I've done a training at. It's a beautiful casino. Um, but gambling, you see gambling, you ask gambling, or someone mentions, a coworker says, they, oh, they like the casino. Like for me, that's just pink flags, bells everywhere. I just, casinos are built on customer losses. Like I, I just, I, when I, if I see gambling or video poker, oh, I'm going down that rat hole and I'm going down it hard. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one. So um, if you go to pinkcolorcrime.com, I've got free downloads. Um, the most recent one will be the A to Z of embezzlement and it's it's fun. I mean, you know what? That's the other thing. It's like I have to make fraud fun. And I'm that's not being dismissive of how serious it is. But people remember the stories, they remember the crazy stories, and that's what they walk away with. They don't remember the dollars. They just remember, you know, the crazy story of someone who, you know, went out and bought five Maseratis or something like that. So um, I have the A to Z of embezzlement. I have the top five women pink collar criminals, but remember it's position, not gender. I'm on Twitter at PDXCFE and I'm on LinkedIn, Kelly Paxton. And I love to put content out. I, I just, you know, that's how people, people can't believe these stories until they see them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also, I communicate with pink collar criminals. So some of them will reach out to me. I'll reach out to some. I have my prison pen pals. Um, But uh, because, again, dignity and empathy. These are people who made a bad choice. I I can't emphasize that enough that good people can make bad choices. Yeah. Yeah, I think empathy is, especially now, something that we all need. I think we probably have a little bit more of it from – I mean, everybody's affected to some degree. So um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense because it is easy to look at someone and say, you stole, you're bad, you deserve the worst um, until you really know their, you know, their story. You know, they, um, I think you were talking about you're at a training or a seminar or something and they said, hey, if you stole something, you know, should they go to jail? Like everybody raised their hand or, you know, whatever the scenario was. And they said, well, they also just got fired from their job and they also have three kids and their wife just passed away and they're, you know, what they stole was bread for their kid. And it's like, now what do you think? And you know, all the hands kind of go down kind of thing. Um, so yeah, empathy's huge and empathy and understanding, I think are the uh, two big pieces. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never had to make that choice, knock on wood, but like, I, I'm not going to judge someone who does that. Like, you know, there's just no, goodness in judging someone like when i was a special agent for customs i arrested typical bad guys drug dealers money launderers you know people you were scared of but 
The thing about pink collar crime is these are people who live in our neighborhoods. Their kids go to school with us. Um, we relate to them. That's another one of my things is the relatable crime. And, you know, they're regular people. They're not scary. You know, they're not going to stick a knife in you or you know, it, they just have made a very bad decision. And unfortunately, once they make that decision, it usually snowballs pretty badly. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.